is where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and Shop HQ celebrity, Victoria Wick. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hobbies show, where we turn your dreams into reality so that you can live the life you deserve to live and the one that you want to live. So have you ever been betrayed by somebody you trusted, you loved, respected, someone that you always thought you could count on? Of course you have. We all have. And that is the topic that I want to discuss today. And it's really titled, How to Turn an Unthinkable Betrayal into a Gift. And by the way, thank you for listening. I think this is my 20th episode. And um, I also found out that of all of the episodes that I've released, the number one episode uh, that's most popular with my audience is the, so far before this one was titled um, how, to do, how to Handle Difficult People Like a Boss. So try to make sure that you tune into that one as well. So, wow, um, I wanted to talk about betrayal and uh, what it does to our emotions and how destructive um, betrayals can be for the per person who does the betraying as well as the recipient of that. And how also that you could turn that into a gift. You know, when somebody that you love, uh, you trusted, you respect, that you thought you can count on, that you thought you could actually leave your children to if something happened to you, when they betray you, it hurts a lot. I mean, of course it should because people you don't know, strange people, strangers, do not have the capacity to hurt you in this way. So when you get betrayed, I mean, most likely there's been a relationship and uh, that has been ongoing. You've given it your heart and soul to that relationship. And so the first thing that that's normal for us to get to is revenge or fear about losing a devastating loss or fear of just maybe sometimes losing yourself. Like, you know, how could I ever have let somebody like this happen? You know, something like this happened to me um, or how did I become a victim, right? Victimhood. So and a lot of times you can kind of blame yourself in that too. Uh, why didn't I see this coming? Like I said, I think everybody has been betrayed at least once. I know for myself, I've been betrayed, uh, you know, personally as well as um, in my business environment. I mean, hundreds of times in my career, 35 year career. So I think I have a few things to say about that, but what I wanna do today is to tell you a story about this wonderful young lady by the name of Emma and how she chose to deal with, with it in a very different way than you know, normal people it, at her age group might have, because I feel like there is a huge lesson in the story and that's the, the golden nugget that we're gonna go after. So this is a true life story about several people involved, uh, but all the names have been changed so that nobody's careers or personal uh, you know, thing. It, the whole story isn't about people here, it's about really the story and her actions and the consequences of her actions, which is something that is really beautiful. So Emma was, um, to make a long story short, she was betrayed by this guy named Crane. Uh, he was a distant relative, and but she was, this guy is somebody that she spent a lot of time with, uh, that she spent you know, heart, heart and soul into. And um, because she loved him and the relationship that they were in, um, she kind of uh, let him be who he was, even though she suffered from self-esteem, low self-esteem, and the way he typically dealt with that is to put a curtain you know, around him. He put a curtain of 
you know, um, misogynistic comments, um, looking down at people, belittling people, uh, just talking bad about everybody around him. And that's how he dealt with his insecurities in life. And she kind of like, you know, she thought she understood him, she covered for him, and um, she kind of, I guess, rationalized and justified a lot of that. And, but in the, in, in the end, I mean, she knew at this, at some point in her life, that this guy was incredibly uh, flawed person. Um, he tried to, even though he had this ugly side of him, he tried to let everyone who knows him uh, paint the picture of him being this honest, uh, morally superior, smart, successful guy who's got a ton of money to the outside world. Uh, but Emma knew the real Crane. The real Crane was basically a fraud. He lied about everything to literally everybody that, um, that he knew, and he basically lived a lie. I don't have time in this episode to go through all the lies this man has told, but um, you know the way the way Crane described um, some of the girls he met, um, he would say some really derogatory things about their looks, about you know how stupid they were, or how he was going to never end up with girls like that, you know, and how they were no good for anybody, um, you know, you know stuff like that. And you know, she it kind of bothered her all this time, but. Um, she didn't do anything about that. You know, she kind of rationalized this as uh, his way of putting up, um, coping with his low self-esteem, which he didn't even realize he had this low self-esteem. But one day when Crane knew that many of his lies would be found out uh, for no particular reason other than that when you tell so many lies to so many people, you get found out because you forget who you told what. And some of these people kind of know each other, you know, they know that truth has a way of coming out. So what happened was when he found out that he was gonna be found out, that the real him was gonna be found out of, you know, some of the devastating things that he's done and said, he did the unthinkable. He basically decided to let everybody think that it was Emma who's, you know, kind of crafted this and she was this hateful person and she's, you know, all this stuff. And so, of course, um, now in this day and age, especially at, in their generation where everybody's texting most of the time, FaceTiming and all that, there's a record of all the conversations and she could have easily uh, pulled up all her iMessages and um, iCloud and they are absolutely devastating. Some of the things that came out of his mouth when she looked at it was just pretty, pretty messed up, but she chose not to do that she decided that she's gonna take a different path because what is the, um, you know, this is what's extraordinary about this young lady. What was the point of trying to tell people, prove her innocence if they're not gonna believe her? What was the point of dealing with people who he hung around with, who knew what he was like to try to prove a point for that? It was just devastating. She'd rather spend her time uh, figuring out what went wrong, figuring out what lessons that she has had to learn from this and uh, even though it was really painful and very confusing for her at times uh, of the actions of not just him, but you know his family and all the people that surrounded him and some of the people who kind of knew that what he did was absolutely wrong, absolute lies, absolute frauds. And they knew it you know, from the beginning, from the, you know, from the beginning to the end, but they chose not to, to basically do nothing about this, uh, not to talk to him even or nothing. So she decided that she needed to find out why these things are happening, why these things happened, and uh, what can she do about it so that she can never you know, be subject to do something like this again. So first of all, she realized that there are people in her circle 
that actively put her in this horrible situation. Um, they either required or implied that she had to cover up for him, that it was up to her to help him, you know, sort of uh, go with the lies and all of that. So there were people who were active participants in this whole thing. And then she had a group of people who she thought she could count on that she knew, I mean, they all knew this guy, they all knew the truth, but they decided that even though it was absolutely horrible and unthinkable what he did, that it wasn't their problem. They were gonna stay out of it because you know they needed to work with them or they needed to you know hang out with them, who knows what. But they knew he was a liar, he was a fraud and what, what he did to her and tried to do to her and her reputation but they didn't do anything. So that second group of people, she had to kind of, she, she's had to kind of, you know, come to a conclusion that they're never gonna, you know, really be on her. They're, she's not gonna be able to count on them for anything. And then the last group, the people who stepped up and surrounded her with love. Some of the, these were uh, very close relatives like her grandmother, her family members. And, and then there were quite a few others that came out of the woodwork and built an emotional fortress around her. They surrounded her with love. They surrounded her with a lot of common sense, a lot of clarity. And um, they literally just built an amazing, um, just a armor all you know for her around her, just built a you know kind of a fortress around her, like I said. So now she now knows with absolute clarity who are the people that will hurt you. And who are the people who are just never going to do anything to save their skin? And even if it's only temporary, or even if it's just intentional, you know, maybe they're just you know mellow people who don't want to get involved. And then, and then who are the people that she can count on when things mattered? So she got that complete clarity, and that's really great. And I think that she she would say that she heard her grandmother um, and her father say in the past that when bad things happen to good people. Um, and something really bad happens to you, you have to find out what the bigger picture is. You have to find out what the purpose of that event was. Because usually, um, I mean, all the time, God has a plan and you need to find out what that purpose is. So, you know, she kind of um, thought, well, eh, a lot of bad things happen to a lot of good people. And I don't see the, the reason why. I mean, I don't see the purpose of any of this. It wasn't until um, she discovered that she was pregnant that she understood the meaning of all of this. I mean, she understood that it was God's way of protecting her, that the person who tried to do, that she was the, the, the one person who tried to do the right thing. And it was God, it's almost like God plucked her out of this unhealthy uh, cesspool of a toxic situation and that her child was never gonna be growing up in this, uh, subjected to this kind of a toxic environment. So. It was God who caused Crane to a, a very morally bankrupt person in the story to do these horrible things at that time because she, Emma, refused to see the real side of these people. She refused to cut off people like this or behavior like this because she it was just too hard for her to see that because she loved them and respected them and didn't think, you know, I mean, she really didn't think that, that these people meant any harm. So it was God's way of clearing the deck for her so that she could start her life in a, you know, with a lot of positivity, with a lot of love and with things, you know, sort of like find her gift because this was a gift that she was given and she needed to do something great, great with that to impact herself and others around her. So 
that's admirable, but I want to tell you something that's tangible. What happens when something like this happens, right? What happens to the person who was unjustly uh, accused and victimized? And when she took the high road, that's what happened. Let's just tell you what happens. Okay, so throughout this entire in uh, incident, Emma never expressed one unkind word to anybody, not to Crane or his sister, his mother, or any of the villages, you know, not even to her own family. She never had one unkind word about that because it was not productive for her or for them. She simply stayed silent. She felt that there was no point and it, that didn't serve any uh, purpose and it wasn't productive for, for her or any of them. She decided to forgive these people. They didn't ask for forgiveness and they don't deserve it, but she forgave them because she, Emma, and her family deserved to move on to a much better place emotionally and physically. So uh, she just you know, had nothing bad to say and she just forgave them and just moved on. So these people no longer matter to her at all now. So now after several years, Crane, on the other hand, ended up with the girl named Gail, whom he had nothing nice, never anything nice to say about. He told his co-workers, colleagues, his boss, his frat brothers, his roommates, um, uh, everybody he knew, basically anyone who would listen to, listen to him, that he was never going to end up with a girl like Gail because she was nothing to look at. Um, she was, she wasn't smart. She was really weird and that she was socially awkward. Um, and you know, it's kind of an embarrassment to, to hang around with and, and just so much more. Can you imagine him right now? Cause he ended up with this girl in the end and he's going to work introducing Gail as his fiance. He's literally living his fear. I mean, he told everybody his fear is that he's going to end up with a girl like this. So he's now living his fear out in public. But can you imagine being her too? She has to hear people whisper behind her back. She has to hear people giggling uh, around her because they all know who she was to him. So this is how he ended up. I mean, he's a pathetic soul. And uh, he's, if you thought he was uh, a flawed person and you know, kind of a pathetic human being back when this was happening, he's just come a lot worse now. So, you know, cause he's more fearful now, everybody's gonna find out and that he doesn't have anybody to blame now. Um, he, they have no real friends. They hang out mostly with Crane's older sister. Um, and then the people who kind of claim neutrality, they come, come and go do their thing. But here's the thing, enough time has passed now where everybody, even the people who are remotely distantly heard about it, know the truth. And um, so basically, he doesn't have real friends because you know whoever's hanging out would know that this guy was flawed he lied and he framed the wrong person and all that stuff so even as they hang out at christmas time or whatever you know and take pictures and act like he's got a really happy life he doesn't have anything no friends which is kind of a red flag as you move through life which is really sad because the world is full of some amazing people that you can't tell a single piece of truth which is really really sad um emma and her husband are on the other hand, thriving in every way. She and her husband had lived with a lot of love, uh, not only for each other, but surrounded by people who will stand by them no matter what, all the time. And she knows who they are now. 
Uh, the only regret that she has now is not saying something gently, graciously, um, in a constructive way, much earlier to Crane when about his behavior because he was on a destructive path since he was very young, and his parents didn't do anything about it. They just kind of stoked his um, insecurities and all these lies uh, as he grew older. She still wonders if she might have been able to change the course of Crane's life for the better if she had acted on this a little bit earlier. But that, you know, really, to be honest with you, that wasn't her responsibility. Uh, she's still a young lady uh, with her whole life in front of her. She and her husband are thriving in other ways as well. I mean, they're, uh, she didn't ask for it because you know they're not financially, these things really don't matter that much. But they're already well above and beyond their wildest dreams, which they didn't expect. It was all it all happens when you focus on the right things and you you know sort of uh, don't have time for negativity and you're only focusing on the things that you enjoy with the people that you love. Um, a lot of great things happen, including financial rewards, which is really amazing because they kind of need, needed that at that point in their lives, like everybody does, you know, when you're trying to expect a family and all that. Uh, their little company they started a few years back isn't uh, so little anymore. I mean, she spent no advertising. Uh, it's on track to becoming a real force in the industry, which give you know gave her a lot of um, I guess satisfaction and rewards in many different ways because she cares about this company a lot. Um, her husband has found his dream job where he's got a you know a, a dream responsibilities uh, boss and you know just where he can perform at a very very high level but also spend a lot of high quality time with his family, uh, which is great. You could have all of that in a job. By taking the high road um, and handling the most, even the most devastating betrayal with, um, you know, I guess with love and gratitude and with their level of emotional maturity, she now enjoys her dream life. Emma and her husband spend, you know, a lot of time now helping other people uncover their gift in face of betrayals or in just unfortunate circumstances. There is a purpose for everything that happens to you. And a lot of times, if you look, choose to look at it, it is a gift um, and that you can do something really positive with that. In honor of Mother's Day, I wanted to shine a light on Emma and people like Emma, because if everyone handled their betrayals with optimism and hope and uh, with love like Emma did, the world would be an infinitely better place, no doubt. Now, I want to leave you with this. If you still are having trouble understanding that you need to let go sometimes, however painful things are, if you're lifting 15 pound dumbbells and you want to lift 30 pound ones because you know the 15 pound ones actually um, aren't really challenging you anymore, what do you have to do? The first thing you're going to have to do is drop the 15 pounds off somewhere. So sometimes you need to clear out stuff and relationships that no longer serve you. And a lot of times uh, when you hang on to these things that no longer serve you, you end up with accidents or you end up with this kind of thing that you know God has a way of letting you know it's time to move on. Um, I will be talking about betrayals in workplace in uh, a future episode. Uh, my journey from zero to five hundred million dollars in sales was studded with betrayals, disappointments, detours to hell and back. But the good news is I've survived them all, and right now I'm thriving. All those people that um, you know did some nasty things to me are either no longer in business or they're they're in a they're struggling or they're in 
they're still in business, but you know, not doing meaningful volume at all. Uh, my business actually is growing even after 32 years. In fact, it's now hyper growing, uh, which is great. So I want to say that, you know, I will always, but I will also say that in that journey, uh, 32 years, I've had the benefit of some amazing people, great friends that I can count on day in and day out, in good times and bad times, in, you know, after 9-11, after whatever, these people are there always to pick me up and I know who they are and I am forever grateful. And many of them are mothers, forever grateful for their support and their undying uh, moral compass that always point north. And, um, and all of you who are my friends, you know who, who you are and you know what you mean to me. And I'm not going to have to list anybody because that, that, you know, that's not the way, uh, you know, we have to communicate with each other. But um, I also want to thank all of you. That's that's the episode and that's my story. And that's a powerful story that I wanted to share about Emma. But I also want to thank you, all of you listeners listening to my um, shows. I am having a blast with my podcast, having, you know, reconnecting with some amazing guests. And I know you guys uh, love uh, these, my guests, because I'm hearing the, the one comment I hear all the time from so many listeners is that, oh my God, I can't believe your guests line up because your guests are just amazing, which is so true. Almost every one of them have been my personal friends so far. Um, I'm just having a blast learning um, about just the world, about my guests, about things and about even myself. And I just love that. So keep uh, subscribing to my show. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe it because I have some, you know, just crazy great uh, episodes coming up. And if you can, please share my episodes so that we can spread the word and, you know, just spread that positivity and the spirit of can do. And um, also, if you can also write to me about future topics, I will try to honor uh, some of the most future, you know, popular future topics as well. So until next time, um, so long and uh, stay healthy and be happy. And remember, happiness is a choice. So make great choices and bye bye. You've been listening to Million Dollar Hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help you turn your hobby into a million dollars and to download Victoria's free ebook on passion-based business ideas, visit milliondollarhobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player.